How are you guys doing today? That wasn't convincing. How are you guys doing today? Good. Are you all great? Yes. Okay, if you're at a football game, would you say it like that or would you say great? How would you say it? So I got to get what I can today. Is that what y'all telling me? I need to just go with the flow, right? Yeah, I need to go with the flow. Do y'all know that today we are celebrating Children's Sabbath today? No. Yes, it is. We are celebrating the fact that you are part of our church and that you are part of our community. And Pastor Caroline is going to start our sermon series on living in community. Do you think that living in community is important? Yes, Yes, it is very important. Do we live in community? Do we live in community in the church? Do we live in community at home? Okay, that's very good to know. I'm glad that you guys are making A's on this test today. (laughs) Y'all are doing well. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I have these little coins, and we're going to talk about community, and we're also going to talk about how we should be grateful for living in community. And Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Now, let me scramble it up a little bit. Okay. Besides the fact that we know this is money, and we use this one to buy stuff like candy and stuff like that, when you look at this, what else do you see? I'm going to pass this around so somebody can tell me. What do you see when you look at this, besides the fact that they're coins? They're all different. That's right. They're all different. How are they different? They're different colors. Right. Describe some of the colors. Um, there's bronze, silver, like a really rusted color. Right. Some of them, they're different coins. Some of them are different. Exactly. Does anybody else want to take a... Some are shiny. They all have different presidents. Yes, they all have different presidents on them. They look kind of like the people like people walking around. Very good. They do look like people walking around. Some are old and some are new. Very, very, very good. Exactly. Huh? Yes, Abe Lincoln is on a whole bunch of them. <laughs> and at the beginning service, one of the big kids said, and all of these coins are worth 19 cents, and she was correct. <laughs> so I'm going to tell us a quick story about being grateful. Now, back in the day when Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, He was traveling on his way to a village, and he was between Samaria and Galilee. And you know where we're sitting? Jesus was standing in this spot similar to right here, and then afar off, like in the narthex, there was a band of lepers. They were suffering from a disease called leprosy. Have y'all heard of that disease before? Yes. Leper, exactly. And um, leprosy is a disease that's very painful, and they have open sores where pus comes out. Does he, do you know what pus is? Yeah. It's gross, and it's oozy, and it comes out of your sores. And 
When I was in nursing school back in Arkansas, I had to learn how to care for people who had wounds like that, and it wasn't easy. And back in the day, uh, when people had leprosy, they, ha they were forced to live in a community by themselves. They couldn't live with the other people, so when they seen Jesus, from the distance in the narthex to where Jesus is standing right here, you know what they yelled? They said, Jesus! Have mercy upon us, Master. Help us, Jesus. And I mean, they were saying it in a very, very deep longing, like, please, cure us. And so Jesus says, you know what, go to the church, show yourself to the pastor, and guess what? You'll be cleansed. So in this group of lepers, there were nine Jews that are represented by the pennies. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And then there was one Samaritan represented by this dime. And so after they started journey, you know, going back to where they came from to tell the priest that they had been cleansed, guess what? Their stores disappeared. And so while they were walking, one of them, the Samaritan, he realized he was getting healed. And you know what he did? He stopped. He came back to Jesus. And he says, thank you so much for healing me. Thank you so much for everything you've done for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know what? Jesus was kind of perturbed at this, y'all. You know why? He said, wait a minute. You're the only one that came back. And I healed ten of y'all. But you, a Samaritan, you're the only one that's grateful. And you know what he said? Because you're so grateful, not only are you cleansed, but you were cured. Now, the reason why I told this story is because we have to be grateful, right? We have to be grateful to God when God provides good things for us, right? Are you grateful to your parent that God gave you good parents? Hopefully grateful. <laughs> yes, hopefully everyone is. <laughs> and when people do nice stuff for you, do you say thank you? And so, through this story, do we learn that there is a blessing in being grateful? Do we not? So, let's look at the coins again. Now, which ones are the Jews? The pennies. The pennies. How much is a penny worth? One penny. Okay, now, which one is the Samaritan? The dime. Now, how much is a dime worth? Okay, now, let's, let's see. Now, which one do you think got the most out of the healing? Why do you think it's that way? He's the only one who came back to say what? Thank you. Okay, so guess what? I want you to tell your parents thank you for being such good parents. I want you to bless them. Tell them that they're a blessing, like Pastor Caroline teaches us. And I want y'all to know that you guys are a blessing to each and every one of us. Because of you, we have hope for the future. We are grateful to God for each and every one of you. And I hope that when you go to school this week, you tell somebody that you're grateful for their help. Are you going to tell your teacher, thank you for being a good teacher? Yes. Yeah, that'll be a good way to start that out. So I appreciate your time. So can we hold hands and pray? And pray that for me. Dear God. Dear God. Thank you, Thank you for the gift of community.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For letting me. For letting me. Be a part of your community. Be a part of your community. And this family of faith. Walk with us. Walk with us. Uh, play with us. And be with us all the time. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, children. Thank you, Pastor Dina. Thank you for bringing a good word today. It is good to be with you this morning as we begin our series about life in community. And you might have noticed we're missing a couple of members of our community today. Several of your staff are with their families this weekend. Pastor Valerie is celebrating the marriage of her daughter. Um, Randy is with family doing a little hunting way up north where it really is fall, maybe winter, not just pretending to be like we do. And uh, Kitty is visiting her children in D.C. as well. So we just lift them up and celebrate this time that they are able to be with family together. And for me, it is a blessing to be worshiping, worshiping with you today. Our scripture reading that I'm going to be focusing on today comes from the Gospel of Luke as well. This time we're in the 18th chapter, beginning with the 15th verse. Just three short verses. But hear these words for us today. People were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered them not to do it. But Jesus called for them and said, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This Sunday um, is Children's Sabbath here for us, and I was having a conversation after first service with one of our members about, well, when exactly did Children's Sabbath start happening? And actually, it's been something in the Methodist world for quite a long time, and it's a little bit different than Children's Sunday. Children's Sunday would be the day that we have Lots and lots of children leading in all aspects of worship, singing and bringing prayers and, and reading and ushering and serving in all kinds of way, maybe even bringing the word to us. And we are blessed to be in a congregation that has children serving in worship every Sunday. And we are thankful for that, especially today. But children's Sabbath is a little bit different And it's not just in the Methodist tradition, but many denominations have come together and selected a time in October for the church, for the congregation, to lift up and advocate an awareness of the children in our world. Because there are some in this room who have young ones at home, who teach young ones at school, 
And you are very familiar with the reality of children today. But many of us are not. It has been some time. Children cross our paths now and then. But are we connected? Are we educated? Are we advocating for children in our world? And so that's what brings us to today. So when I was looking for a scripture to focus on for children's Sabbath, I wanted one that just talked out and out about children, not about the family of God. And there's some great things about justice that we could go to, but actually lifted up real children in the scriptures. And so we come to one of the most iconic verses. You might be very familiar with this verse. I bet many of you could recite most of it back to me without trying too much. It's in Matthew and Mark and Luke. It's so iconic. We have a window of it in our sanctuary. The third one back here on this side, if you haven't seen it before. Jesus, one on his hip, his arm around their back, and one at his side with his hand on their head. Jesus coming near and blessing the children. And so when I thought about this passage, as I said, you know, I could probably recite it back to you fairly well as you would to me, and I I was kind of tempted to not do my homework on this one. I mean, who needs to do a lot of study about three verses that you've known since you were four? You know, I taught it just a couple of weeks ago in here to our preschoolers during chapel how important children are to Jesus, how much... God loves children. But um, I decided not to be lazy, and I did my homework, and I was so thankful I did. Aren't we always, the more time we spend in the scriptures, how rich they become, how alive they become, how deep they come. Because the gospel is here. The gospel, the good news of God in our world. The kingdom of God is here in these three brief verses about children. And so we're going to spend time there today. Because in these verses, it's not just a cute, sweet Sunday school poster with Jesus blessing the children. This is deep and rich material about who Jesus is, the very nature of Christ. This is deep And rich information about who we are, what our identity is, and about the kingdom of God. And how every time we think we have the kingdom of God figured out, Jesus says, no, let me tell you again. No, let me tell you another story. No, let me show you what the kingdom of God is like. Jesus and the children And the children in our world. That's where we are today. So to do a little research outside of the scriptures, I wanted to know kind of where we all stood and how we knew children to be. So I did a little poll on social media. And many of you responded. And I asked the question, in a phrase or a word, what are children like? Tell me what children are like. And many of you responded. And these are some of the words that came up. You see a couple of big words there. They're innocent. They're energetic. They're examples. They are a roller coaster ride. Sponges. 
close to their creator, uninhibited, trusting, very frank, perspectacle. They give us a new lens with which to see the world. You created your own language here. They're wonderful. They're joyful. They're honest. You know, um, a sticky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Firecrackers. This isn't all sugar and spice. But you know who children are. You know the innate qualities of children. All the richness and fullness that they bring to our world. Who children were created to be. We get it. You know. So then I posed a second question. Why do, why, you know, why do we even need to advocate for children? What, why is children's Sabbath necessary? Why was it thought to be a good idea? Well, let's consider our world. So in another word or phrase, take a breath. And how would you describe our world today in a word or a phrase? And these are some of the words that came up. And they're not all bad. I'll I'll tell you, actually, this description that you see on the screen is honestly a little more balanced than I usually get when I ask this question in a room full of adults. Usually the list isn't as hopeful as this when I've done it in person. So I was glad to see the fullness of answers represented here. But what is our world like today? It's complex, chaotic, sometimes disheartening. Complicated, polarized, it's broken. But it's also beautiful and hopeful and filled with wonder. This is a difficult screen. This is a difficult set of words. And so when you put the innate qualities of children Together with this list, when you put the two together and we know what children are like, but this is the world that they must or that they do live in, where is the good news? Where is the gospel? Where is the hope? And hence we come to, to children's Sabbath. And I believe there is a word of hope for us today. And we're going to begin that word of hope back in our scripture with what we know about the nature of Christ as we see in this story. And the nature of Christ that we see here is that Jesus is one who came for all. For all. And I think sometimes we almost say that lightly these days. But that is deep and good and rich news that Jesus came for all. Not just for some. And perhaps in the Gospel of Luke, we see that more Um, more strongly than we do in the other Gospels. Again and again, if you back up a few chapters in the Gospel of Luke and see what precedes this story, again and again and again and again, there's story after story of Jesus saying, this person is loved, this person is part of the kingdom, this person is going to receive the good news. Yes, this person is going to be healed on the Sabbath. Yes, I am here for all, even those that our culture would say are not part of the kingdom. And so we have the widow, we have the diseased, we have the tax collectors. 
We have the ones who would be cast out. And Jesus said, no. Salvation is for all. Salvation is for all. I am here for all. And we have in the midst of that children included in that message. And in 2016, that might be a little puzzling to us. Well, of course. I mean, we had that other screen up there. We know what children are like. Of course Jesus came for children. And we lose some of the edge to this message. Because in this day and time, um, if you were part of the Jewish community, you knew that children were blessings. Children are a gift from God. Children are blessings. But you're a minority because you're living in a Greco-Roman world that does not value children at all. If you were to make a list of your possessions, of your property, if you were to assess all your goods in the Greco-Roman world, children would be listed beneath your servants and slaves, beneath your livestock. They would be listed down there with the crops in your field. They were plant-like. You can toss them out when you are finished with them or not pleased with the product. They are discardable. And so this is a radical message that children, children are of value. They are a blessing. And that Jesus says, yes, I have time for you. I have time for you. I will bless you. Let them come near me because my presence here and the good news is for all. It's for all. And maybe in 2016 we think, well, we got that. We're grown up. We know that children are blessings. We know that they are full persons. We don't have to wait till they're adults. But sometimes I wonder if the pendulum has swung a little bit too far the other way. Have you looked at some of our children's agendas these days? Whoo! By the time they apply for college, wow, their resumes are outstanding. I can't keep up with it. The families can't keep up with it. Nobody can keep up with it. It is so much. It is so much. Their accomplishments, what they have done, what they have achieved, their purchasing power. Have you heard that statistic? $15 billion, with a B, billion dollars a year are spent on advertising to children. We have gone, perhaps, from children being worth less to being, oh, worth more. Look at all the money, the discretionary income that is here. Look at all the achievements that they can accomplish. As opposed to saying, children are a blessing. Because they are. I mean, none of those qualities, can we put that screen back up about what children are like? None of those qualities that you listed up there had anything to do with their gifts, with their abilities, with their accomplishments. They all had to do with who they are, their essence, their nature. And so in this word today, I pray that we can find a place not just for children, but for all of us to find the value in the personhood because you are a child of God and we want to celebrate that regardless of 
the volleyball team that you made or the gifted program that you got into or the wonderful performance that you had. Those are great. We celebrate them. But you know, even if you got picked last on the playground, even if you failed your math test, even if mom and dad were really angry with you, you're a gift from God. You are a blessing. And Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. The kingdom of God. It's an image that Jesus comes back to often. There are many parables and sayings that Jesus uses in the scripture about the kingdom of God. Perhaps because we are a little slow to understand what exactly the kingdom of God is. And we talk in godly play in Sunday school about the kingdom of God quite a bit. Quite a bit. Because the people saw Jesus doing wonderful things. They heard him saying amazing things. And they heard him talking about the kingdom of God. They couldn't help it. They just had to ask, what is the kingdom of God like? Because it was not like the kingdom they lived in. And it was not like any kingdom they had ever visited. It was not like any kingdom they had ever even heard of. And so he told them, we have our next image. We'll go on to the next one. That the kingdom of God is like a person who goes out and sows the smallest of seeds. A mustard seed. So small that if I actually had one on my finger, you would not be able to see it. This is not the little jar of mustard seed that you have in your pantry at home. This is the smallest of grains and seeds. And he plants it in the ground. And the smallest, tiniest of seeds grows up into the largest of trees. So large that the birds of the air come and make their nest in it. What is the kingdom of God like, they had asked. And this is one of the images he shared with them. And as this image came to mind, the thing that I was drawn to most was the birds. The birds that came to fill that tree. I mean, that kingdom has just grown and grown enormous. And these birds come and make their nests in it. And we wonder together if those birds have names. And we wonder all kinds of things together in class with the children when we wonder what their names might be. But today I wondered if they might be children. I wonder if they might be children, some of them. And when I wondered if they were children, one of the other questions is, I wonder if the birds were happy to find the tree. I wonder if the sower was happy when the birds came. I really wonder. Are you always happy when the birds come to your backyard? Now, in my family, we have about three bird feeders out there, four when the hummingbird feeder's out, and it's hanging so we can see it from our breakfast table. And the cardinals and the finches and the chickadees come, and we watch the 
blue jays chase away the woodpeckers and the squirrels try to do all sorts of acrobats on those bird feeders. It's pretty fun. But my neighbor down the street has a fig tree. That's a different story. I don't think they got a single fig to themselves this year. Because as soon as they got ripe enough, those birds were out there. Spoiled just about every last one of them. Here's the kingdom of God, this great tree, and the birds have come. I wonder if the sower was happy when the birds came. I wonder what those nests really are. I wonder what they are. I wonder what they really could be. Children in our community today are living in a different world than you and I grew up in. They are. Doesn't matter what age you are in this room, the world that they are living in today is different. And the good news from the kingdom of God needs to meet them where they are. That nest that you and I create in that tree is going to be different. It has to be different because they are dealing with a different world than you and I dealt with growing up. Not saying that our world that we grew up in was necessarily all sugar and spice either. But 2016 is different and it will continue to be different. And it is so tempting and nostalgic to look back and want to have what we did have. But you know... Jesus today says, let the children come. It is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. And we have the opportunity all over again to be invitational to that kingdom, to say, yes, you, yes, you, to all children. And for this to be a place of sanctuary, of this to be a place where they can build a nest and a faith home And say, there the good news is proclaimed. There I am known as a blessing. There, there is hope. These are the people that have the story, not just of life and death, but of resurrection. This is a place where I can meet God. And it's going to look different than it did for you and I as children. But the good news is that God is here with us. We are not journeying this alone. God is here with us and God is encouraging us. God is calling us on this invitation too. I laugh when I read this verse about Jesus reproaching the disciples and saying, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. I mean, he says it twice basically, right? Like you fuss at your kids. You tell them, do this, don't do that you got to make sure you get it from all angles, like they really heard you and got the message. And what Jesus is saying to them, yes, it's a correction on their behavior, but in the context of these verses, Jesus is saying the same thing to the disciples, the same things to the grown-ups and the big kids that Jesus is saying to the children. This isn't about what you do. This isn't about your accomplishments or what you can fix. This is about who I am calling you to be, to remember who you are. You are one of these children. You are. And to remember who we are. 
so that we can reach out to these children. We were joking in Sunday school this morning about uh, every person inside. We have this little theory that all of us inside are really stuck at some age. I might have shared this with some of you before. Personally, I'm seven. Um, Randy Adair is 14. I think Kitty is 20. And that the age that we are inside, where our sense of humor comes from, you know, is rooted in that. Jesus is calling us to remember that and claim that. We have walked many miles and many years, but in there, in there, each of us are that child of God. And we are called in 2016 to be First United Methodist Church of Garland and to be that place where children can continue to come, where we can continue that invitation and that ministry to say, yes, we're not just going to do ministry to and for, we're going to do ministry with the children of God. Ministry with. And that's what we have in our image here. I love this image kind of makes me laugh because jesus has a little toddler on there or a baby on his hip i don't usually see a picture of or drawing of jesus with a baby or a toddler on his hip you know he's usually got the five-year-old on his knee but there he is in relationship with children saying come come may we claim that voice as well amen